to Outside by Design, a podcast where we talk to badass women about the business of creativity. We talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based on being outside. Hey everybody, Lisa Slagle here, owner of Wheelie Creative, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. And welcome to season three of Outside by Design. This year we are shifting it up a little bit and really, really focusing on creative women in the outdoor industry because there are just so many badass women out there that we want to celebrate. So We're also doing something new this time in season three that I think you guys are going to love. The average chairlift ride in the country is nine minutes, so this podcast is based on chairlift laps. So you'll have a nine-minute chunk of awesome, and then a commercial, and then another nine minutes of awesome content, and then a commercial. So you can ride your chairlift, shred, ride your chairlift, shred, and it's going to be awesome for all those marketing managers and freelancers out there who get to snowboard all the time. So enjoy that, because I certainly do. Today is a very special day, because it's episode one of season three, and we are kicking off season three by talking to Stephanie Nitsch, founder of Palace Snowboards and content writer extraordinaire. So... I'm very excited to have Stephanie here today. Um, She's talking to us from inside a cabin way up Big Cottonwood Canyon in Utah, and I am talking to her out of my office in Whitefish, Montana. So Steph and I cover all kinds of topics from product development in the snowboard industry to how to set up your website to be more inclusive to women and uh, what keeps us creatively inspired. So tune in, enjoy. And uh, I'll let Stephanie take it away. Hey, Steph, welcome to the podcast. Tell me, um, tell me where you are. Well, I am in Big Cottonwood Canyon in the Wasatch Mountains of Utah this morning. I've been staying up in a cabin in the woods for the season so far and basing myself out of here between trips and adventures this winter and it's a fun little home base as I uh, get back into my Utah roots after being in Canada for a couple of years. That sounds amazing. So you own Palace Snowboards, um, which is a really, really awesome snowboard company, um, hand building boards and uh, make, making all your own boards. So yeah, tell us, tell our listeners about what you're doing, where you've been, uh, where you're going. Yeah, we started Palace back in fall of 2013 when we started putting together some ideas for this women's company. Um, I I linked up with um, an acquaintance, now my business partner, Alistair Horn of Chimera Snowboards, and we started prototyping and piecing together some ideas based on mutual interest that we both had to get into women's backcountry snowboards. And um, after we launched to the public in 2014, um, we've been, well, we've been navigating our way through a really interesting time to be in women's hard goods and women's sporting equipment. Um, but it's been 
super exciting. We came out with some new shapes and some new top sheet designs this year that are just so exciting. We've, um, we've kind of stepped away from what we've done artistically in the past, uh, for the last few seasons, um, into something that's really colorful and vibrant and really representative of the ideas that we want to bring into palace and the creativity that snowboarding enables and fosters, um, and, and trying to push some new innovation with regards to board shapes for women's boards. I mean, that's a huge thing. And, uh, with snowboarding right now is kind of reinvesting in the aesthetics and the shapes of boards. Um, but it's interesting. You're not really seeing that a ton in, in women's snowboarding. Um, so it's cool to take a step into that direction and see the response that we're getting, um, in, in everything that, that we're doing. Um, uh, so as, yeah, as we move into this winter, we're putting our efforts into on snow demos and splitboard festivals and traveling around, just trying to spread the brand awareness of palace and doing so on a very grassroots budget, uh, as a very small independent company. Um, we're, we're quite strapped for our, I guess, marketing prowess. And we're looking for all sorts of just fun grassroots ways to, uh, get people out on, on our snowboards, which is, you know, you look at the, the history of snowboarding and its roots in skateboarding. And it's always been about that fun, eclectic, independent style of doing things your own way. And we're having fun doing it that way. I'll bite some challenges just as a business owner and doing the small business stuff. It's, uh, it's always exciting. Yeah. Earlier you said, you know, it was an interesting time for women's hard goods. And, uh, yeah. What do you, what do you mean by that? Go ahead and expand on that. Well, to be honest, there's not a lot of women spearheading women's hard good products. There's coalition snow, there's palace. Um, not many other companies that are coming to mind. I mean, you know, there's Burton and Roxy have always pioneered, um, those women's movements. Uh, I, I use the word movements loosely. Um, but, um, they've definitely helped bring a lot of, um, women's expertise into the limelight and they've got a great following and, and support to get that message out there. Um, but I think the, you, know, you, you see it in every sporting category across the industry, whether it's the outdoor industry or more traditional sports that, um, women's equipment is developing into something better than it has been. Yeah. In, well, forever. Um, and it, it's, it's fascinating. It's great to see that R and D, um, being invested into, um, the progression of women's, um, equipment. But I see a lot of that happening in the soft goods side of things. Um, really the, the hard goods category specifically in snowboarding is lacking considerably. You know, you've got, you look at, many 
hard goods that are offered in from every brand and they have, you know, their one or two token women's snowboards, um, or split boards for that matter, or snowboard boots, mm-hmm. um, across their, their lineup. And, um, I think they're the R and D behind a lot of those technologies are, um, I still have a ways to go. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was, I was shopping for, uh, a hard shell jacket yesterday online. And I spent probably about two hours trying to find anything that is specific to the application that I need it for. I'm looking for a good slipboard touring jacket, um, with specific features, big, you know, front pockets to stuff my skins in, um, that fits a little bit longer, um, that has some decent color blocking to it or just good colors in general, um, and has some like Gore-Tex style waterproofing and not, you know, some 10 K or 20 K waterproofing stuff. I want like the technical product. Yeah. Um, and I was just blown away. I really couldn't find anything that I was looking for. And as I was reading the descriptions and the technical, uh, specs of all these products. I was kind of turned off. I saw a lot of this, I oh, can wear it anywhere for anything for all mountain for, you know, it'll take you from the slopes to the streets. And, and I just kind of laughed because this is, this is where the shrink it and pink it mentality kind of comes into play. Um, and maybe this is the evolution of the shrink it and pink it adage where we're given, uh, a very, ubiquitous product that can be used in all applications when in reality, um, you know, women are very capable of honing in on a specific skill and need a very specific product to do what they want to do. And I think the, the options there for women are, are pretty limited still, despite the efforts that have been made to really ramp up women's marketing and R and D and equipment and I hope that it starts to gain traction there, get some, get some really more, get more technical products out into the, into the retail landscape. Yeah. Like with the rise of athleisure, it seems like, um, there, there is kind of like a lot of crossover and this new, um, new interest in going on a bike ride, but then still wearing your same exact shirt to the bar or whatever. Um, and I think that has its place, but it's like when you really want something that's going to be durable and that you're not going to, you know, that you can, that you can use on a giant day in the backcountry. I, I think it's unrealistic to expect to want to wear that to a nightclub too. Cause it's going to be all cold and you're just going to want to chain. You're going to want to go home and shower and chain, you know, like stink. Yeah. I love wearing some of my crossover layers, um, you know, out to a coffee shop or a bar or something. And that's great. I I do sometimes do that. But more often than not, I'm, you know, those clothes are also like (laughs) washing them. They still kind of stink. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I don't know. I mean, I I think we all, I I think there's a a big interest in having good looking base layers um, and mid layers. Yeah. Um, you know, we're definitely starting to see that with, um, with stock good companies really revamping what a base layer should look like and can look like. 
Um, but you know, it's okay to have specific <laughs> clothing for specific applications. I wouldn't want to wear a prom dress to a bar. So like, like yeah. I, I, that was a really bad analogy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you got to get it. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's keep things specific and, and really ramp up the performance of what that piece of equipment can do. And, and, and by doing so, you know, that can help people go further. Well, that sounds like a good time to take a commercial break and let you process all that info. So let's kick it off to our sponsors. Calling all lady photographers who want to add more skills to their wheelhouse. Want to learn how to understand your in-camera light meter and flat light? or when to up the ante with frames per second versus when to dial it back when you're shooting action sports? Well, luckily for you, you can come to Wheelhouse Workshops. The first one is in Snowbird, Snowbird, Utah, March 23rd through 25th. It's one day of on-snow photography skills and workshop training with professional photographers Ree Wickstrom and Abby Cooper. Let them explain all their tips and tricks followed by a day of post-production, the most effective ways to use Lightroom and file management, followed by an industry panel focusing on the business of creativity and an art show with your best prints. Less than 20% of action sports photographers are female, and we are ready to do something about it. To register, go to wheelhouseworkshops.com. It's only open to the first 20 ladies who sign up. One, one area I find that I wish there was women specific gear is in snowmobiling because even like the actual snowmobile itself is not ergonomically setting me up for success. Like my freaking small little Trump hands can't hold the throttle and the handlebar at the same time. So I had to buy a finger throttle, try to flip that around. That didn't work. So now I'm like riding with a finger throttle because I can't, I like can't grip the bars and throttle at the same time. So, I mean, just little things like that where it's like yeah I should be able to snowmobile with both hands <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's a very um reasonable request yeah and that I think I, I don't know I don't know what to think I don't know what's going on with some R&D sometimes but yeah I, I mean it you know it those kind of little nuances and details trickle into almost every part of women's product and women's retail. Um, I, I was actually, while I was shopping around for this jacket yesterday, um, I, I went to a couple of retailers specific websites and, um, picked up on the, the navigation bar, um, on these specific websites. And I, I realized how many websites put their men's category before their women's category mm-hmm. on the shopping navigation tab. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, it, it brought up some questions I had about gender equality discussion um, and, um, and made me think how far we have to go <laughs> for putting women on an equal playing field as men, as, as humans actually. Um, and as I was asking this question about what is it, why is it that men's categories always come before women's categories? And I stumbled across this website that actually did the total opposite. 
it did exactly what in my little subconscious train of thought was thinking about. They put the women's category before the men's category in this shopping tab. And some of their written communications were were putting women before men. And I thought that was really cool. And something that is, it's so subtle and it's so simple, but it sends out a really strong message. Like how many times have you heard someone talk about men and women in that particular order? Like 10 things men and women do differently. Mm-hmm. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know, and you go to this, you go to any online retailer and you see men's category first, women's category second. These are really subtle, but mm-hmm. powerful cues that I think put a hierarchy on gender. Mm-hmm. And while we're so focused right now on this conversation about women's marketing and women's products and getting more women into the sport um, and, and really supporting and empowering women in their personal and professional lives, we forget that some of the more powerful catalysts for kind of gender inequality actually stems from very unconscious behaviors and mm-hmm. patterns. You know, I don't, I don't think this necessarily needs to add more fodder to this pretty tense gender discussion happening in our society these days. Mm-hmm. But if we are trying to champion for change, we have to start impacting our unconscious decisions um, where we're not even thinking about what we're doing or saying. It just has to become so natural um, because that's where like some of our most stubborn habits and ideals live. And if we really want to change women's inclusion in the outdoor industry or any industry for that matter, we need to start really looking at our unconscious thoughts and our unconscious patterns. And so going back to you know, this UX on, mm-hmm. on websites um, and little micro lines of copy. I mean, it's just stuff like that that has such an impact and, and could be a much bigger catalyst to put gender on an equal playing field and, and stop having these very um, tense uh, conversations that create a huge dichotomy between men and women or women and men, I should say. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's case in point. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great point. And it's yeah, it's this very super uh, vicious cycle where a lot of brands are like, yeah, we don't we just don't see the numbers. We we don't have that many offerings for women because there aren't very many women involved. And you're like, yeah, there aren't very many women involved because there's no offerings for them. And it's just like, oh man, how are we going to break that cycle? you know, what can we do as individuals to help break that cycle? And what, you know, what can you do with Palace, especially as a business owner? Absolutely. Uh, that's a huge question. I mean, I think that is, I take back, it's not a question. It's a, it's a huge problem to yeah. fall into routine and complacency. Um, that personally speaking, routine and complacency is a creativity killer. And I, I need creativity to thrive palace for my freelance writing business and for all the other side gigs I pick up in my life. I thrive on creativity. Everything that we as humans create, Mm -hmm. if you're stuck in routine, if you're stuck in complacency, you're never going to evolve and you're never going to progress. So as we 
you know, as we develop new products, as, as Palace develops new products, as Burton, as Mammut, whoever, like, um, the, the need to get out of routine and to shirk stereotypes is really critical. It's really, really important right now mm-hmm. um, that innovation um, spreads itself through every facet of business. If we, if we start getting out of our routine um, and changing things up, um, it, it disrupts an industry in like the best possible way. Yeah. And, and the thing about the thing I think about with creativity quite a bit as, um, the owner of a creative agency and a creative director and all these like funny little, like, you know, putting a label on creativity. Uh, but really the thing about creativity itself is that it comes from conflict. Like there has to be a problem in order for you to think about something in a new way and solve it. So there has to be conflict to have creativity. Um, and so I think it's okay. I think it's okay that we're in this position where we're like, all right, let's do something about this. And you're, you know, with palace, you're like, okay, we don't have a lot of great snowboards out there. Let's do something about it. And now you're getting creative. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you totally nailed it right there. Like the innovation and new ideas stem from a problem that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. And it could be a very small problem, but it's a problem and it can be done better. Yeah. Um, Or it could be done differently and different can be better. Different doesn't need to have a label. It's just serving a different demographic in a different way. And that's really exciting. And Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that, um, that we're in this era of creativity and innovation and there's unlimited resources out there to do whatever the hell you want to do in your life, in your business, in your, who knows, like just lock on something and take that idea and do it differently. So much business that we've seen in our consumer lives have just built on, well, one company is doing something and well, I can get rich off of a knockoff product. So I'm just going to make a cheap version of that and sell it like hotcakes. But when you're actually addressing uh, a deeper problem or a deeper question, I think you have the ability to resonate a lot more with your consumers and your customers and develop a much stronger brand loyalty and brand engagement when you are there to meet the needs of people and to meet the needs of your specific people. And with that, we'll kick it off to our last commercial break. Do you ever feel like marketing is just gross? Like it's a word that you never want to say or hear, or certainly something your company doesn't do. Then you should check out Wheelie Creative, a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. Over at Wheelie, they'll take good care of you without being all scummy and marketing and agency-like. They know what they're doing, it's not their first rodeo, and they're also really fun to work with. I have to admit, I'm kind of partial because it's the company that I own, but I'm also paying my employees to edit this podcast right now so you get a commercial about it. WheelieCreative.com, we promise it's fun. And now, back to the podcast. 
Okay, so Steph, you started Palace um, to help women, you know, have more options for splitboarding and snowboarding. Um, is it still has has it evolved and have you evolved and has the industry evolved? Is the industry ready for a non-women specific? Splitboard and snowboard brand, or what? What are your thoughts on that and, and the evolution of the industry as well as your brand? Well, that's a very relevant question right now. It's something that we are asking ourselves at Palace um, now, this winter, as we as we grow, as we learn more about our market and our customers. We're asking ourselves. Um, is women specific something that we want to really focus on? And the answer is yes. It's a convoluted yes. Um, we will always be a women's snowboard and splitboard company. Mm -hmm. That is that is absolutely critical in my in my personal commitment to Palace um, and my personal interest in snowboarding and the outdoor industry. Uh, I think it's a very powerful mark of leadership to help fuel the industry in their support of women and the development of really great high-performance women's equipment. And that's what we're always going to build. We are, we are focused on building high-performance women's snowboards. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but as these gender discussions are unfolding um, throughout society, throughout culture, in every industry and everything. It's, it's a very sensitive subject. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, like I've been following and reading some articles lately that Outside Magazine has been posting and promoting on their social channels and the comment section, you know, the damn comment section always gives you, right? Mm -hmm these comments are disheartening at, at, at the very least. I mean, they're, you're, it seems like no matter how much you try to integrate the women's message into the bigger picture, um, that there's a lot of backlash um, from one end of the spectrum or the other. Um, and, and I think that we're starting to see some fatigue happening. Uh, surrounding this dialogue. And it's something that I'm very attuned to as we grow Palace and we continue building boards and we figure out what marketing works best for us. And um, as we start to attract more women, we're simultaneously growing our following of men as well. Mm -hmm. our, it's really fascinating to look at the the breakdown on the Palace Snowboard Instagram page. Um, we have more male followers than female followers. Hmm. Um, and it's really interesting. You know what? Um, I, I think there's a lot of data and information to pull from those numbers. Um, and a lot of interpretations we can use to help kind of pinpoint and funnel our marketing initiatives and our brand direction. Um, but it, it's really bringing up this question of, um, of 
women specific products and or a women specific brand mm-hmm. um, because at the heart of it like supporting and elevating women is all about inclusion mm-hmm. not exclusion so by designing anything women specific are we actually diluting the very message that we're supporting right it's it's a huge question that I I think we need to be very conscious of um, and you know, we've, like I said, we've gained a lot of male followers and supporters behind what we do. And we've had quite a few guys interested in writing our boards, um, either as just a, as a customer or as an ambassador. It's really cool. It's really hmm. powerful to see guys wanting to support a women's brand when they know it's women specific, but you know, we don't, we don't design our, our snowboards for a card carrying woman. Like, mm-hmm. We design, we design women, <laughs> we design snowboards for, for people, for humans. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be well suited for the riding style of women. Mm-hmm. Yes, that does mean a little bit softer of a flex, but it's more of a strategic um, stiffness in our boards or a strategic softness in our boards. Um, we have little elements that just help um, pitch riders back on their back foot to keep them on top of the snow. Because from dozens, of, you know, dozen of, dozen years of snowboarding or more, all my women friends have a really hard time getting their weight on their back foot riding powder. So, you know, we take these little um, these little nuances and little subtle details um, and build them into our board and mm-hmm. that's that's how we design our snowboards from the ground up and a lot of it is you know we don't have the R&D budget to really to get really scientific behind what we're doing and why we're doing it but we use real life anecdotes mm-hmm. and real life situations um, to build these boards but these are problems and issues that that men have too. It's not just a women's problem that your back leg gets tired when mm-hmm. riding a powder. Um, and so we've, you know, we've built that into our boards. We've taken a different approach to our designs and to our marketing. And um, we're, we, we put, I think, community and compassion as some of our kind of brand pillars and use that to drive our connection with consumers and customers and, and followers and supporters. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing. Is it really that amazing? I don't know. But compassion, believe it or not, is not gender specific. And emotions are not gender specific. And, and I think that humans, regardless of your gender, whether you're man, woman, non-binary, whatever, however you identify yourself we're we're human beings with this innate desire to explore to quench our curiosity um to just have fun you know that's why we build boards we want to we want to go have fun we love the mountains we want to have fun in the mountains Mm -hmm. and we want to build amazing products to facilitate that Thanks so much for being here today, Stephanie, and 
thanks for the good conversation about creativity and snowboarding and um, for taking time out of your day, not shredding pow and talking to me instead. So I hope everybody found some good value in this podcast and got to uh, enjoy what Stephanie had to say. You can follow Stephanie over on Instagram at, at eatmypow or go to stephanienitch.com. You can follow Palace Snowboards on Instagram at Palace Snowboards. That's P-A-L-L-A-S, Snowboards. Thanks for tuning in and catch us next time when we have Victoria Hunt, the women's business manager from Specialized Bikes. See you next time.